This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside Brock Davis. Brock, how are you doing today? Good, man. Little late night podcast, and uh, I'm just going to enjoy the night before I go back to work tomorrow. I feel that. I've had a long day as well. You know, I think once we get older, we start having longer and longer days, and it and it starts kind of um, starts kind of ruining things. I guess not really. I mean, it's life. It's adulting. So. I get that. I feel it. I feel it. So I'm actually just going to start you off with a question right away. I didn't even – I told you the show the show plan, but I didn't tell you this question. I mean, we're not going to really talk about that much. We're going to predict the 26-man roster. And then, again, this question right here that I that I want to ask, it's kind of a fun question when you, when you start really digging into it and thinking about it. Does a 26-man roster of Mike Trout's win – the World Series, or how many games does it win? Let's start with that because I don't know. Say that again. Does a twenty? On the question. Does a tw- how many games? I said the question wrong to begin with, so I apologize. But how many games does a twenty-six man roster of Mike Trout's win? Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. So the Mike Trout. So Mike Trout, Trout has to pitch. Mike Trout has to catch. Mike Trout is all in the infield. Mike Trout's all in the outfield. And my trout's in the bullpen. I'm gonna say uh, it's tough. 75. It's the, oh, oh, 75. You don't think that a team of Mike Trout's out hits most teams though? Like, yeah, Mike Trout. I think, he, I think it'd get tired. Well, no, because there's all there's 26 Mike Trout's out there. Oh, so they're all so they're all different people. Yeah, they're they all different people, but Mike, Mike Trout. It's all Mike Trout. So it's just. 26 oh. Mike Trout-looking guys, and they all play the exact same, but Mike Trout has to also pitch. Okay, I'm going to say, because the pitching, I feel like uh, it honestly might play a little reverse effect, and some teams might be thrown off, so I'm going to say 95. 95 wins? So, World Series then? I would say contenders. I like that. I, I mean, it's interesting. it's an interesting question, though, right? I mean... I, somebody messaged me saying that they that that the show did this, and I didn't look at the results or anything like that. But I mean, I think the pitching aspect of things, and then Mike Trout playing shortstop. I mean, I know he played shortstop in high school, but that's been a while now, so I don't think he could play there now. And then like think about Mike Trout playing third base or Mike Trout <laughs> catching. 
Mike Trout I pitching. I'm thinking about him pitching. It's weird, right? I mean, it's an interesting yeah. question. Fun one to start off with. But, I, mean, I don't know. I've always said, like, a 500 team. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with twenty, I feel like with a nine-man lineup of Mike Trout level, I feel like that would just be ridiculous. And I, I feel like morale would be so down for the other team that the pit that like they wouldn't even really be able to hit that well against them because they'd be so pissed off that they just got ten runs dropped on them every half inning for five innings in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's be, it'd be like a softball game in a sense. I think yeah. it'd, it'd be, be like thirty-four to zero in the fourth inning. And he'd be like, all right, we're done with this. <laughs> Would it get boring, though, to see Mike Trout do everything? Uh, nah. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> nah. I think I think just Mike Trout in general would be just fun to watch do everything. I don't know. I figured I'd start this off with a kind of a weird, quirky question of the, of the, of the night. You know, it's been a weird day, so we just keep it rolling. I don't know. I like that question. Kind of fun. Interesting. Yeah. So, guys, as always, fun show planned for you guys today. Fun Fun topics. We're going to do the 26-man. We're going to predict a 26-man roster. We're going to come to some agreement. I know it's it's difficult for all of us to for us to agree on stuff sometimes sometimes and but I think we can come to some agreement on a 26-man roster. So that's what we're going to do today. And guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We appreciate it so much. Without you guys listening, we have no show. So just thank you so much for everything, listening, contributing, Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, everything that you guys do. And, of course, if you are not following us on any social medias, go do that right now. Pause it. Go do it. Go look up Talking Halos. Go go find us everywhere. But I would assume most of you guys do anyways because, I mean, this is where we get a lot of our topic ideas from, which, are, which is you guys. You guys give it to us. So we appreciate that a lot, as always. And, of course, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it so you can get updates of when the podcast will come out, usually, like, if you're if you're a normal listener, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I might be throwing in a change-up here or there, so if you don't subscribe, you won't know when I throw that change-up in there, so, and as always, if you can, give us a review, you know, go give us a five-star review if you like us, if not, go tell us what we need to do better so we can get, so we can earn your five-star review, and... As always, give us just one minute to pay the bills. Hey, everyone. Before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, so guys, without any further ado, fun topic today. You know, we're just going to kind of jump right into it. 26-man roster. We need to we need to formulate our opening day roster, Brock. You and I we're gonna play a little GM Joe Madden action. I think it's gonna be relatively easy. I'd say I don't think there's too many open spots. 
but when we're looking at the opening day roster, we're going to assume, because you brought this up, we're going to assume we're facing Lance Lynn opening day. I like that. You brought it up. I am. I like that. We're facing Lance Lynn opening day. So. I think they'd be dumb to not. I mean, I could also see them throwing Giolito out there, yeah. to be honest, but I, I don't think they should. I, I mean, I think Lance Lynn's a little bit overrated, but I think I still think he's the best pitcher in that rotation by, yeah. by stats. Yeah. No, I mean, I like Giolito a lot. I do. But at the same time, it's tough. I don't know, dude. That's that's really good. That's tough. I mean, you're going to face Giolito, Lynn, and Keuchel opening opening week. That's that's tough for the Angels. It really is. But, again, I mean, that's why the Angels have one of the best offenses in baseball, though. So that will be a lot of fun to see some of the best, some, one of the best pitching staffs in the AL go against one of the best hitting staff or one of the best offenses in the AL. That's, that, that'll be fun. Just like a way sneak peek, sneak peek into opening day. I mean, we haven't even started talking about that yet, but I guess let's just kind of let's just kind of jump right into it and give our opening day uh, lineup one through nine. However, we want to do it. I have Fangraphs pulled up now. I think we're gonna kind of disagree with it a little bit, but we'll let it roll. We'll, we'll we'll roll with it. I know you have Fangraphs open too, but let's roll with it. Who do we who do we have leading off? We're saying David Fletcher, I'm assuming, or do we want to go yep. to a different? We were going Fletcher. I'm going Fletcher. Fletcher at second base, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, perfect. Now, who are we putting in the two-hole? Trout. I like that as well. I do not like Trout in the three. Nope. Uh, they had Trout in the two-hole because statistically, uh, other than leadoff, that is the one and two-hole are the get the most at-bats throughout the season, and mm-hmm. I think that that is where Trout's going to shine the most, and with Fletcher being kind of the spark plug that he is, getting on base a lot, Trout can just Fletcher and Trout that combo right there at the top. I think is just you know what's going to get a lot of rallies going. Yep, so. I am I'm all for that. I agree with you. I like Trout in the two hole way better than the three hole. I think that you get him those extra at bats, those thirty to sixty extra at bats a year, and it makes a difference. I really do. I think. You know, with those 30 to 60 extra plate appearances, should I say, not at-bats, but plate appearances, you hit an extra, I mean, what, three to five home runs? That's a lot when it comes down to it. I mean, would you rather have Mike Trout there or Jared Walsh? Because Fangrass has Jared Walsh right now as we're looking at it. I like Trout. I'm with you on that. Give him the extra 30 to 60 at-bats, plate appearances, and see what he can do with them. Now, who do we have in the three-hole? So I think this is where I'm going to throw some people off. I have Otani in the three-hole. Interesting. No Otani on opening day for pitching? Uh, I mean, I could I could see it. I could see it, and that you know that might throw a wrench in a little bit, but I kind of just wanted to give what my normal righty lineup was going to be. So obviously if Otani is opening day uh, starter, he's not going to be there. So, it, you know, maybe you could throw Walsh in that spot possibly. I don't know, but um, I kind of just formulated the normal – versus righty lineup in my head. Um, I I could also see Bundy throwing opening day. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not too sure. They might I, I would love to see Otani opening day, but I guess he's gonna be ready for it, so why not? But Well yeah, he was throwing ninety seven miles an hour in his last bullpen, yeah. so that that could play. So but I'm with you. I think Otani's Sunday. I, I think that this that trend will continue and we see Otani Sundays. So I believe opening day is probably on what, like a Thursday. Yeah, he's, he's probably... so I, yeah. I think I think they're gonna stick to the mm-hmm. Sunday Otani thing. So yeah. 
I, I think Bundy's probably going to be out there opening day, personally. Right. I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I'm saying Rendon's batting third, but for the sake of it, I'll put Otani there because Rendon in the four hole, I'm not upset about it. I'm good with it because I'm assuming that's where we're going with it, right? Otani, or Rendon in the three yes. hole? Okay. Yes. Or in and, the four and, hole. And once, once we kind of get through like one through six or seven, I'll kind of explain my my method my, my methodology behind it and this necessarily isn't the lineup that I'm this isn't necessarily a prediction of what I think is going to be put out there this is more or less what I personally think would be the best highest producing angels versus right-handed lineup I like it I'm, I'm cool with it I'm I'm all I'm all for it I think I mean when you look two three four it's one of the best two three fours in baseball bar I mean you don't you can't get any better than trout Otani and Rendon like Without a doubt, two of the best hitters in baseball and Trout and Rendon, and you throw Otani in the mix, who has some of the best power in the game, it, it, it can't be beat. So let's move to the five spot. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm putting Rendon in four, hmm? and then uh, five, I have Walsh. Well, I'm cool with that. You go lefty, righty, lefty, righty against the righty, and I, I'm, I'm all for that. And we have Walsh at first base. I'm assuming not right field, not anywhere else. Yeah, first base. Okay. Now to the six hole. Upton? Upton, yeah. Okay. And left. And Upton and left. Okay. I am all for that. So we do not have, I'm assuming this would mean that we are not bringing up Adele or Marsh on our roster here. Not at this point. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have a, a thought of when they're going to bring them up. I, I, I would assume that the whole trade for Fowler is, is kind of a sign to me that they plan on not being really in a rush to bring those guys up. So okay. yeah. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if neither of them don't make it up. I would, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Adele will make it up at some point, uh, maybe after All-Star break. But Marsh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him at all this year. I, I agree, and I actually, I mean, mentioned this a couple podcasts ago. I hope we don't see them, because if we see them, that means that something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that, Fowler isn't playing well, which we don't know what Fowler's going to bring to the table. He's 35. He's getting older. He's losing a step. We, understandable. We don't know what Fowler's going to bring to the table. And you sure as heck hope that Justin Upton can can bounce back. There are some good reports coming out of spring training right now about Upton. So we'll just have to kind of take a step back, wait and see where Upton is. But again, yeah, if we see Adele or Marsh anytime before the All-Star break, I think that there is an issue, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I, I would I would hope that we don't see them. And that'll go with our pitching staff as well. If we see Detmers or Rodriguez before All-Star break or at all this season, there's a bit of an issue there, I, I, I'd have to say. But back onto the starting lineup for opening day. In the seven hole, this is kind of where it's going to get interesting. I'm saying Iglesias, right? Uh, I was actually going Stassi slash Suzuki. Oh, we're going with the uh, – I like that. That's kind of a little bit of a change up there. I, I'll, I'll. Well, I think I think Stassi has the has the ability to have kind of a power breakout mm-hmm. this year, and I think Suzuki has has a little bit of power on him too. And I, I like to keep power more towards the the core of the lineup. I know the mo for the Angels for a while has been kind of the catcher in the nine hole for some reason, um, but personally I like I like Stassi backing up Upton Walsh Rendon. You know the four five six right there. I like I like Stassi in that seven spot to kind of. You know, if one of those guys don't hit a jack, then Stassi can come up and maybe hit that jack. Okay. I'm, I'm with that. And that's – so we're putting Stassi there, right? I don't want I, – I, just for the sake of this exercise, 
Stassi or Suzuki? Who are you starting on opening day? Stassi, as okay. long as he's ready. He's supposed to be ready, right? Yep, that's that's what the reports are coming out right now. So I'm I should be Stassi at the moment. So eight hole, are you going Fowler or Iglesias? Fowler. Okay. Fowler. And that trends with our lefty ready, lefty ready, and I'm assuming now Iglesias is playing shortstop. Dexter Fowler is a lefty? Yes, Dexter Fowler is a switch hitter, actually. Wow, I did not know that. I thought he was a righty. Nope. Does that change anything for you, then? No, it doesn't. It actually okay. reinforces what I got going on. <laughs> lefty ready, lefty ready. I'm, that's why I kind of asked, though, about Stassi at, at that six hole, because if you're trying to go lefty ready, lefty ready, then you'd put Fowler, then, then Iglesias, then Stassi, or something along the lines of that. Well, I'll kind of... Real quick, I'll kind of run through why I why I put people the way I put them. We kind of already talked about the one two spot being Fletcher Trout. I think that you know the one two kind of spark plug at the top of that lineup is is the best combo for that. Um, Otani and Rendon. The reason I put them three four is is partly because the righty lefty righty with Trout Otani Rendon, but I also really like the fact that Fletcher Trout and Otani they're all fast. So they all have pretty good base running ability, and Rendon being in that four spot, if any one of those three guys are on base at, or, or you know on first, Rendon's the doubles god. Hmm. So if any one of those guys are at first base and there's a double in the gap, any three of those guys are scoring from first nine times out of ten. Um, so that's, that's a big thing for me is I kind of like having speed in groups as well. Um, I think it would have... Uh, I think it throws it off a little bit if Rendon's in the three-hole and then you get Otani in the four-hole. I don't know. I I personally just kind of like that righty-lefty setup in that power hole, that lineup, because uh, it seems like it'd be kind of a pain for uh, relievers and, and starters, too, is it's like it just kind of throws a wrench in what they got going on. Um, and then Walsh Upton, kind of the same thing. I think Walsh has the ability to show off a lot of power, so him in that five-hole, can he can hopefully shine with that. Um, and Upton and Stassi, like I said, I, I'm, I'm willing to deviate from the righty-lefty thing. I kind of just wanted it, you know, through that one through five, one through six type of thing. I don't, I just don't want Stassi towards the bottom because I think he has a chance to shine with, with runners in scoring position with his power, and I just don't want him to be uh, at the bottom of the lineup. I think I would even be willing to switch him and Upton, to be honest, uh, you know, and that probably just goes with recency bias with how Upton was hitting last year. If Upton can hit to his ability, I would like him in the sixth spot. Um, the reason I put Iglesias in the nine hole is because he's supposed to be such a good average hitter. And so when you incorporate, you know, and, and honestly, realistically, Fletcher and Iglesias could be interchangeable. Um, but from my understanding, I'm not, I'm not too sure uh, how fast Iglesias is on the bases. Uh, but I'd like a little bit more speed on the bases in the one hole. Uh, so Iglesias kind of being an average hitter that he's supposed to be, I mean like a high average hitter uh, when I say that, not average uh, skill-wise. High average hitter, I like him in the nine hole, hopefully get on base, and then you get right into that Fletcher, Trout, Otani, Rendon, one through four. And uh, I don't know, I just when I look at this lineup right here, the way that this is built out, kind of consistent with the righty-lefty, there's a lot of power between one through seven, uh, contact in eight, nine, and I think that this right here is just the ultimate powerhouse lineup, one through nine. Yeah, barring any injuries, I could see it. I could 
uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with it at all. I, I'm really not. Like, there's there's not too many. I mean, you could put Pujols out there, I guess. I don't think you do. A Suzuki, maybe. Bim Boom, maybe. But for the most part, I think the starting lineup is it's pretty secure, I'd have to say. Would we not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I made a a, a different a little bit of a different lineup against lefties just to kind of change it up a little bit and and you know see what I could do. I, I don't think this is what's going to happen, but for lefties, I just did Fletcher, Trout, Rendon in the three, Upton in the four, Otani five, Pujols six, Stassi seven, Fowler eight, Iglesias nine. Yeah. So all I really did was threw Rendon up a, a spot, uh, threw Otani in the five hole, and put Upton in that four hole. Um, you know, and that's all That's all going to be depending on, you know, how Upton is. If Upton, you know, is sitting in the sixth spot where I have him against righties and he's cranking a bunch of jacks and they could tell his power's up, I, I don't see it being super far-fetched that they put Upton in the in the four-hole against lefties and put Otani a little bit down because he, he struggles against lefties. He really does. Um, and then throwing Pujols in that, in that sixth spot. I'm with you on that. I'm... I'm with you. So let's get to the bench. And backup catcher, Kurt Suzuki, correct? No yes. complaints? Albert Pujols has to be on. He has no trade clause. He has one year left on his contract. There's no doubt in my mind that Albert Pujols doesn't start the season on the Angels, on the bench, or in some capacity with the Angels. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is where it kind of will start getting interesting. You have two spots left available. We need an infielder. And an outfielder, and we're going to go with the four-man bench, by the way. It could could switch up a little bit, I guess, but we're going to go with the four-man bench. And what do we have for the four-man bench? Or what do we have for that infield spot, and what do we have for the outfield spot? Uh, it's probably going to be Barreto, and Fangraphs projects that it's going to be Juan Ligueras for that fourth spot with the outfield spot. I disagree. I think it's going to be Taylor Ward. I agree with you as as well. Uh, Barreto has no options, so there's that. If you if you were if he was to not make the opening day roster, the Angels would have to DFA him, and I don't think that that is the direction they want to go with him quite yet. I think that as the season progresses, if we don't see something good out of him, then that could be a case and. Also, another thing to keep in the back of our minds, I don't know if a report has come out. I I think something has saying that he's doing okay. But Barreto also hurt his wrist, or thumb, I think it was more of a wrist, late in the season last year. So I don't know where he stands there. There is that option that he could start on the DL, I guess. So in that case, let's just throw a DL or an IL case out there. Renifo, or are you going a different direction with it? Mm, I like Renifo. I've always liked Renifo. Okay, so I think we're you know we're pretty straight on Renifo or Ward or not you know Shevler or anybody like that that the Angels have signed John Jay nobody like that. Uh yeah maybe John Jay I could I could uh well isn't John Jay supposed to be the outfielder guy? Yep the Angels. Yeah I Angels I, I don't I don't see them really putting them putting them above Taylor Ward but I mean who knows dude. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Once you get to these spots, it's, it gets a little tough. Toss up. Yeah, and I will, this is stuff we'll have to wait and see as the spring training progresses and see where it goes, but I'm okay with Ward and Barreto. I am. I thought Ward played pretty well last year as well, so 
Let's get to the rotation here. We have six spots, and in, I think it's pretty set. Would we not disagree with that? Uh, Keeney, Bundy, well, Quintana, uh, Cobb, Canning, Otani. Yeah. Um, I'm with us on that. I think that there isn't isn't much to change there. The only question I have right now would be, does Otani count for for one spot? Otani counts for only one spot, right? So you could hypothetically yeah, you could hypothetically I mean, you can have another bench spot there. Oh, and the bench. Or another reliever. Right? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I think you can anything Angels can have there's a rule against it right now, and let's just go with Otani on, on the rotation side of things as well. So we can add in another bench spot. Let's let's just roll with that for now and it I think if something changes, then we'll we'll work with it. But I think who's your last bench spot then? Now I think we're just kind of going in circles here, but we have one more bench spot technically. Uh, Renifo, John Jay. Do we see Shebler? I don't think you waste that. Maybe Bim Boom. You go with a three catcher crew. I know maybe Thais. As I'm looking down here, Phil Goslin, Keen Juan, Jose Rojas. Robo Garcia is a guy. Luis Renifo we talked about. Luis Aviles, Ray Patrick Diddy. John Jay, Scott Shevler, Brennan Lund. I don't know. There's a bunch of names there to maybe go with. Or I guess you could add it to the to the bullpen if you go, I don't know. Uh, they don't have Sledgers on here. I think Sledgers is an option. Yep, I, I would agree with that. In fact, I might put Sledgers in, in the mix there as well. So we'll we'll slot him into the bullpen. We'll just add in that extra bullpen spot. So as far as the rotation goes, we're pretty straight there, right? Heaney, Bundy, Quintana, Cobb, Canning, Otani, in some order. Yeah, and I think that you know, depending on Cobb and Quintana's performance, hopefully they don't end up being just awful. But um, you know, we always have <laughs> uh, Patrick Sandoval and. Uh, you know, Suarez that we can turn to if we had to. Uh, but as of right now, yeah, I think it's pretty solid with the Bundy, Heaney, Canning, Quintana, Cobb, and Otani. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm there with that. I, I totally agree. I have nothing against that. That, I think, is opening day rotation at the minute. Barring any injuries, barring anything happening in spring training, I'm with that. So as far as the bullpen goes, I think the bullpen's pretty pretty simple as well. When you look at the first five spots, I think after that it gets interesting because you go with Glacius, Myers, Pena, Butchery, and Claudio, correct? Five right there. And we're saying we're adding in Sledgers, right? So then we still have technically three more spots to fill. Fangraphs puts Junior Guerra, Jose Alberto Rivera, and Jaime Berea in the bullpen. In the bullpen. Rivera, of course... If he get does not make the the forty man, or if he doesn't make the opening day roster, take that back. Doesn't make the opening day roster, he gets sent back to Houston. And if Jaime doesn't make the opening day roster, they have to. He has no options left. So both those guys technically have to make the opening day roster, or else something they get sent back. Something happens. So are we okay with adding those two, and then we can figure out Junior Guerra as we go? Well, it looks he doesn't have any options left either, does he? He's a non-roster invite, so he if he makes the team, 
then yes, he doesn't. He has to be DFA'd after that. But he's not on the 40-man yet, so they have to. We'd have to make room for him on the 40-man, and it gets. You know, he's on a minor league deal technically at the moment, so you just kind of wait, kind of wait and see with Junior Garrett because they would have to open up a a spot on the 40-man for him, and you know, I, I don't know. I I would put Sandoval in that spot. Yeah, I would rather put Sandoval in that spot, and I want to add Sledgers in there. Yep, and that's no, kind of where I'm sitting. Yeah, Sledgers already in that mix, and I I, I would prefer Sandoval. I would because then you have Berea, Sandoval, and Pena who can go multiple innings for you out of the bullpen, and then you have quite a few shutdown guys. And I, even Jose Alberto Rivera can go multiple innings for you because he's actually supposed to be a starter, if I'm not mistaken. I think he started a bunch in Houston, so. And I, I want to see what he can do as well. I've heard the the arm is electric. There are quite a few relievers that are interesting down in the minors. And I guess you actually don't have to add in Sledgers because he has an option. So I, you, I mean, I want to add him in there, though. Me too. I, I'm with you on that. I think he makes it in some capacity. Gerardo Reyes is an interesting guy. Luke Bard, Jose Quijada, Kyle Keller, two guys that Gerardo I really— Gerardo Reyes, the guy from Arizona? Um, Milwaukee, Padres, Padres. Angels, Yankee. Angels acquired him for uh, for Jose Castro, Jose Castro, Jason Castro. Wow, I'm off tonight. Jason Castro at the trade deadline last year. Gotcha. I'm so. trying to think of who who did we get from Arizona? The pitcher, Junior Guerra. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your that's your guy from Arizona, and two guys to keep an eye on. I'd say. This spring, once we get games going, Jake Reed and Brandon McCurry. Those okay. are those are definitely two guys that I would kind of focus in on and see what they have. I've heard, yeah, those those would be the two guys that might sneak in there. Just a just my two cents there on that. So I don't know. Do you uh, do we have any disagreements on any of this? I mean, I actually I think that barring any injuries. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they switch it up and they end up putting like Otani in the two hole and Trout in the three hole again. Um, but I, I really hope that they they put Trout back in the two hole. I think that's really where he belongs and that's where he should be. I mean, how are you not going to give the best player in baseball? in a spot where he's going to get the most ABs and, and try to produce the most for you. Like he has the, he's going to have the highest on base percentage. I guarantee it. Uh, he's going to have the highest slugging percentage. He's going to have the highest OPS. The two hole is just the best when you can produce those numbers when you're getting the most at bats out of the season. Yeah. And I mean, I might even go as far to say, why not, why not lead off? That might sound ridiculous, but, I mean, Mike Trout has one of the best on-base percentages in baseball. Even if you have to walk him the first at-bat, still have two to three more at-bats in a game where you can, and more than likely three more, even maybe four more at-bats in a game for him. Like, why not optimize how many at-bats you can get in a game for him? I mean, and that's what's crazy about our offense and our lineup is, okay, say we'll go off the hypothetical. We put Trout in the one spot, Okay. That I'm going to do Trout, Rendon, Otani, 
as the one through three. Trout, Trout Rendon, Otani, and then probably put uh, Walsh or Upton in the four hole. And then I'm going to put Fletcher down in the ninth spot. So then you're kind of doing like a 9-1-2 rather than a 1-2-3 kind of setup. So you'd put Fletcher in the nine spot. So then you'd have Trout, Rendon, Otani, Upton, Walsh, Stassi, Fowler, Iglesias, Fletcher. I'm with that. I just don't know how the fans feel about Trout or about Fletcher in the nine hole. You did say Fletcher in the nine hole, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, if you take him out of the one spot, he's I, – I, I like, you know, which is funny because there's a lot of – I remember when, like, you were in Little League and you got put in the nine spot. Like, it was like, oh, well, that guy's the worst hitter because he's the last one to hit. Uh, I I think I only ever got put in the nine hole, like, one season or, like, one, one or two games of my entire career. And I was like, what the hell is up with this nine spot? And the coach came up to me and he goes – I don't remember exactly what he told me, but it was along the lines of, like, that they wanted someone that was quick and would get on base for the 1-2-3 because I wasn't I wasn't powerful that year. Like, that year that that happened to me, I think I was in, like, seventh grade, and I didn't have any power. And uh, But I was, I was getting on base literally, like, 70% of the time. Like, I was an on-base monster. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's... I think if you don't have Fletcher in the one spot, I think the nine spot is the second best spot. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have the power that the other guys have in the lineup. I think it'd be weird to have him in the fourth or seven. Um, so it's either eight or nine for me if he's not one. One is definitely the best spot for him, I think. But if he's not one, he's eight or nine for sure. Yeah, I I, I agree with that when it comes to David Fletcher. I like I mean that's a good thing I guess about David Fletcher is that you can put him anywhere and it's acceptable. Like you could put David Fletcher in the I mean, minus, I guess, the three or four hole. But even putting David Fletcher in the three or four hole, I'd be like, well, I mean, that's weird, but you know, it works. He's going to get on base yeah, for I mean, you. I, th- I think the reason that the two hole is the best for Trout is because I think that you'd be wasting a little bit of his ability in the one spot because you want at least the ability for people to get on base for him to drive in those runs with his power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that nine one two is so important with him in that two spot. Because in the beginning of the game, yeah, he's in the two hole. You're only getting Fletcher in front of that, in front of Trout, and you know Max. He's getting two RBIs, okay. But in the middle of a game, you, you know, you got to think about, you know, say Upton, Stassi, and Fowler come up in the seventh inning and they go down one, two, three. Okay, well in that eighth inning, your one, two, three is now Iglesias, Fletcher, Trout. Okay, and so that's why it's so important to have your lineup formulated in a fashion that every pair of three that basically every combination of three that you have in that lineup is is formulated in a way that you like. So Fletcher, Trout, Otani, Trout, Otani, Rendon, Otani, Rendon, Walsh, Rendon, Walsh, Upton, Walsh, Upton, Stassi, Upton, Stassi, Fowler, Fowler, Iglesias, Fletcher. You know, it's no matter what, you always want that first three, no matter what, when they're when they're starting that inning off, you want that three to be that good start to that inning. You don't ever want like your seven, eight, nine to be like, Oh God. Like this these guys, like our seven, eight, nine is Stassi Fowler Iglesias. 
that's a good 7-8-9. And if you have 8-9-1, you're getting Fowler, Iglesias, Fletcher. And, dude, our 9-1-2 of Iglesias, Fletcher, Trout, that's that's pretty solid. You know? So that's kind of where I think a lot of people forget when they think about lineup formulation is that you don't want to, like, too fully stack the top end of your lineup. And you want to be kind of flexible with with how you're formulating it because you really just want to think about it in a section of three. You know, you don't necessarily – you want to think about how you can best accommodate Trout with the people behind him and the people in front of him. And, you know, people forget that the people in front of Trout doesn't just mean the number one guy. It also could mean the seven, eight, nine guys or just the eight, nine guys because of the rest of the game. And so you want that 8-9 to be just as strong as number one. Last question here before we get before we get going. Is there a wrong lineup? <laughs> like, you look at the Angels 1 through 9, and is there really a mistake to put out there? Like, minus Trout being in the 9-hole or anything above the 4-hole, and same thing with Rendon, is there really a mistake to be had? Uh, yes, I think there is, and I think that is if Pujols is too high in the lineup. I think that he needs to be in the 6 or 7 spot, no matter what. I think that the 1 through 5 is fairly interchangeable when it comes to righty-lefty. Regardless, I think righty uh, 1 through 5 is pretty interchangeable there wouldn't necessarily be a mistake in there and i think seven through nine maybe eight nine is interchangeable so i think pujols needs to pretty much be in like the the sixth spot and i don't think you should go any lower or any higher than that and it plays right into my saying of, of you have to think about that top half of the lineup also coinciding with the bottom half and i don't want pujols on base when trout comes up to the plate I don't want that. So Pujols being in the sixth spot, that pretty much does not allow for him to be on base when that top half of that lineup comes up to produce. I like Stassi Fowler Iglesias at the bottom of that lineup for higher on base percentage, a little bit more speed when you get to Fowler and Iglesias, a little better on base and kind of more utility hitting type stuff to come down back to the top of the lineup for Fletcher Trout and Otani. And so Pujols needs to stay at six. I agree. I like that too, actually, now that you think about now that I'm thinking about it, because, I mean, as bad as it sounds, keeping Pujols as far away from Trout as possible in this lineup is probably a good thing, in all in all honesty, because Pujols is going to hit a lot of ground balls, a lot of hard ground balls, he's going to pull a lot of balls. So, I mean, if Trout gets walked or something like that, I mean, double play automatically if Trout, if Pujols is behind him. So I'm with you on that. I mean, I know it sounds bad, but to put Pujols far away from Trout as possible in the lineup is completely acceptable, and I'm I'm totally with that. So And that 1-5 through five is so powerful and so electric that he still allowed the opportunity in the 6 spot to drive in some runs. He, he is a run driver in her. He is. When he's on, he hits homers. You know, he's fully capable of a 20-homer in season when he's healthy. In a full 162, he's fully capable of that. I, I still would be willing to bet that over this 162, I still think he's capable of 70 RBIs. I really do. With this lineup, 
I easily think he could obtain 60 to 70 RBIs if he's on and he and he's able to play healthy. Um, I think it might change a little bit just because I think they're going to more consistently platoon him and Walsh in comparison to before he was getting a little more playing time. I think this year he's going to be uh, getting a lot less playing time than he did before. But he's capable of driving in those runs. But I just think, uh, you know, putting him behind that one through five that is really good at getting on base. If all those runs aren't driven in already, you know, he could come up and still drive in those runs. But he's not going to be that pivotal. He's not always going to be put in that pivotal do or die situation that you would be in a one through five. And he's not going to be put in that situation seven through nine that need to get on base back, you know, for the top of that lineup to come back up and drive in those runs towards the bottom half of the lineup. So I think I just think that six spot is like has Pujols just written all over it. Well, to be fair, you or I could drive in seventy if we batted behind Fletcher, Trout, Rendon, and Otani too. Just that's just that's true. I could probably drive in ninety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to be fair, like and nothing against Pujols, but it does help that you have three, two, at least two of the best hitters in baseball in front of you. And it goes for Upton too, you know. I, mean, I just think it takes a lot of pressure off of being in that six spot, and having so much electricity and power in that one through five. I just think it's, I think it would be a little bit of load off of his shoulders as long as those guys can stay healthy and do what they do. Yeah, and I want to get a pool holes podcast going in here soon because I, I think that he's underappreciated in baseball in general just because of how he's finished his career. And of course, we don't know if Pujols is retiring or not yet. Well, I'm just gonna have to wait and see on that. I. I would love to see him back in St. Louis for something, just to end his career there. Because again, he just doesn't get he doesn't get the justice here in Anaheim that he deserves. Like he needs to be appreciated more, and that's that's in St. Louis where he he did everything. So, yeah. Any final thoughts here before we get going, Brock? Anything you know you've seen in the media you want to bring up real quick? Uh, I thought there was something, but I can't I can't really think of it. Um... To respond to the story you posted on our own Instagram page, I do not think that we're a top five rotation in the American League. But uh, we'll say that for another day. Well, but um, go, listen, go listen to the last podcast. Our last podcast. Go listen to our last podcast and tell me. What I always you feel like it's kind of weird listening to our to my own podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, 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 I guess that's better when I'm not in the episode. Yeah, but I, I did. I did used to listen to our podcast when I had first joined. You know, a little over a year ago or whatever, so I could kind of try to work on some things and how to better talk on a podcast, which I still I still suck <laughs> a little bit. But you know, it's kind of it's kind of a hard thing to get a hold of or get a hang of. You know, talking on a podcast and not talking how you normally talk to other people in everyday life. So, um, but other than that, no, I, I don't really think there was really anything i'm just like, eager and sunday i mean shoot dude how many days is that three four days now from first spring training game well let's see this is coming out on friday so it'll be saturday sunday i think if i don't even know when this first spring training game is that's how that's how busy sunday, i've been if it's sunday so it'll be 205 against san francisco it'll be two days from now it'll be two days from now if this comes Yay. out comes out friday so that's what I'm excited about. Yep, I'm excited for it. I hope everybody else is excited for a lot of Angels baseball. I am so ready to see what everybody does. I'm so ready for minor leagues. I'm just, I'm ready for everything. But yeah, let, let's just get this going and hope the Angels start off well. I think that's the key. I think if they can start off well, they can keep it riding throughout the season. But again, we have so much to talk about as spring training rolls on and games get going and 
there's just going to be so much to talk about. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the season going. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Brock at B-D-R-O-X. You can follow all of our social media accounts on wherever we are. Don't forget to subscribe to this. Don't forget to leave us a review. Don't forget to do all that fun stuff. I know we just talked. B-D-R-O-X-8. Did I say it wrong? B-D-R-O-X-8. I need to add that in. 8, yes. B-D-R-O-X-8. Go follow Brock there. And guys, as always, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.